Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode. It's brought to you by Beneath. Starting with the first thing that you put on in the morning, Beneath inspires you to be your most authentic self. Get ready to experience increased comfort that radically outperforms anything that you've tried before while leaving minimal impact on Mother Earth. Use the code UNITY to get 15% off at checkout at Beneath.com. That's B-N-3-T-H.com. And it's also brought to you by Jackson Row. Vancouver Design Jackson Row clothing caters to a relaxed bohemian lifestyle. Large doses of love go into every single piece, featuring comfortable favorites like sweaters, dresses, playsuits, and even stuff for men and children. Made up of neutral tones and flowy West Coast vibes, Jackson Row uses only the highest quality materials to ensure you stay comfortable and looking great. Check out yours today at jacksonrow.ca and use the code UNITY to help support the podcast. Also brought to you by Combat Flip Flops. Bad for running and even worse for fighting. Combat flip-flops are your ticket to the unarmed forces by providing you with military-inspired quality footwear for men and women. Enter the code UNITY at checkout to help support the podcast and in support of women in developing countries. Head over to combatflipflops.com and become part of their unarmed forces. And brought to you by Heads Up Guys. Heads Up Guys is a resource providing men with information and practical tips on how to manage and prevent depression. This is a dedicated online tool to helping men get the help that they need, find someone to talk to, and navigate difficult times. For more information, head over to headsupguys.org. I had an incredible conversation today with the one and only Neil McDonough, the incredible and incomparable actor and father of the year, um, man of faith. We got emotional. We talked about history. We talked about religion. We talked about just the deep love he has for his beautiful wife and his children. And I really hope you guys enjoy this. All right, everyone, I would love to introduce you to, well, I don't think he needs that much of an introduction. Neil McDonough, sure, can you? Sure, I do. Oh, no, you don't. I'll give you one, though. This man, this myth, this legend here, he is not only the star of so many successful and amazing films and everything from Band of Brothers to Captain America, you have got one of the kindest, most supportive and loving human beings I think I've ever met, and I've only got to meet him once, and the honest truth is this gentleman is a man of faith, a man of family, and a man of support. And I am just so honored to welcome Neil McDonough to our show. Hello, Neil. Hi, Kelsey. How are you? Thank you for those beautiful words. Appreciate well, that. No worries. Did, did Revee write that for you? She must No, have. she didn't even look. Uh-huh. I was like, sure, what sure are we going to talk to him about? Uh-huh. And then I uh-huh. wrote it. So. And, and all of those things are you know, somewhat true. And, and, um, and, and, and all of that is thanks to my amazing wife, Revee, who uh, you know, through 20 years, we have our anniversary on Monday, uh, 20 years of being together, of me traveling all over the world. You know, it used to be with her, but now it's, it's not so much because of our five kids that we have, uh, giving us five amazing kids, holding down the fort, doing all the heavy lifting for sure. You know, uh, I always say, I always say this, man, I can act. Uh, you know, so I found what I'm really good at. Reve just seems to be good at so many other things. Uh, so it, it makes for a great partnership. So um, I'm the luckiest guy in the world, that's for sure. You know, one thing I, I want to express to the listeners that are listening, because uh, when he talks about his wife like this, he genuinely means it and is genuinely actionable towards it and his family. I've 
I got the, I'm going to tell everybody how I met you real quick. Um, I got the opportunity to meet this gentleman when he volunteered his time last year and came out to the Point Roberts Fire Hall. And um, a friend of mine, James he, well, I was meant to say his last name. He doesn't, he was on the podcast and we can't say his last name. So I went to say it and I, huh. um, so I, I got James and I, we did this, uh, an incredible 24 hour row with on and the proceeds went to Wounded Warriors, uh, USA and Honor House and Neil being the total military badass that he is in the sense of he acts that way for sure. Um, came and rode with us at the 11 o'clock hour, just made it by the skin of his teeth. And he did it and he shit talked the entire way. And it was fantastic. And how did I do, Kelsey? You killed it. You murdered it. I hate it. I don't Thank you. About it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I can't even. Sorry. I know you trained all year. There's going to be a repeat performance. I'm going to get my butt kicked. I know. Because well, now you know, because now you know what you're looking at. So you've got James and I, and James, I think James can outrow anybody, but that's neither here nor there. But yes, your wife is a, a true powerhouse in every sense of the word. And I don't know how she handles all of well, it. Well, here, here, here's the thing. You know, I thought, okay, I'll do 15 minutes on the ERG. Um, I hadn't really ERG since I was in college. You know, in baseball, we used to do ERG trials all the time. And so I, I, I'm very familiar with the torture and pain of an ERG. And then having my kids in the fire hall staring at me and my <laughs> wife, Rebae, staring at me. I'm like, I can't stop 15. And you guys are smack talking me. So I'm like, all right it's on. And then we completed the, you know, did the 10,000 meters or, you know, and we, we just ripped through that. And I was, there's, you know, if there's one thing Reve taught me, the slogan that we have, what the McDonough's never do quit dad. And, and, that, and that's kind of been our slogan. And I saw that all over their face and I'm like, Oh, I'd rather have a heart attack <laughs> and die on this thing than quit in front of my wife and kids. So uh, we, we had a pretty great time that day. That was awesome. Yeah, it was. And, and, and like, like you said, it was, uh, you don't, you really, I mean, you're going to die on this hill. And, and you, you kind of express that in the way that you raise your kids too. When we are, we got the privilege to chat with your children and the way that they are. And, um, they're incredibly well-rounded kids. And I'm not just saying that, but truly like they can have a conversation with an adult about literally anything, the respect level and just the appreciation and the normalcy that you've somehow, you guys somehow have raised them to be normal kids and not like movie star kids. So I'm not really sure how you do that, but I would love some parenting advice on how to keep my kid not going crazy. Uh, they have a very, very tough grandmother. Uh, Reve's mom is, is ready to come by the house anytime with a wooden spoon and do what she has to do as, as a grandma. Yes. Um, no, in, all, in all seriousness, no, it's, uh, you know, her, her, Reve's mom is phenomenal. Uh, and, and there is no, uh, there's no BS in our family. It's everything straightforward. Everything is as it is. And, um, you know, me growing up in a military background, my dad is a sergeant in the army. Uh, I, I learned that, you know, you respect your elders, you do the right thing, and uh, you work hard towards common goals. And the common goal in our family is to be the best that we can be at everything that we do. Um, and, and not put ourselves, you know, ahead of what those things are, you know, God first, you know, me second, family first, me second. Um, those are things that Ravay and I kind of instill in our kids. And, you know, what we try to live by as hard as we can, you know, no one's perfect. You know, we all have, you know, mistakes in life, but it's, it's learning from those mistakes that make us better people. Um, and if you don't learn from those mistakes, you don't become better. And, you know, it's an ongoing journey for, for, for myself, for Reve, for you, for my kids, for, for the planet, for everyone. And, you know, how we can, as, as a collective group, be the best that we can be. You know, I'm so proud to be a United States citizen and, and being born in Boston. You know, you know I, I get that. I, and, you know, when we work together as a collective unit, no one can beat what we do. 
And um, at times we trip on ourselves, but you know, at times when you really think about it, what the United States has done, you know, we celebrated 400 years ago yesterday was, you know, 1620 is when the, the pilgrims landed. So, you know, 1621 was the first Thanksgiving, but for 400 years, you know, you look what the United States has done from being nothing to being, you know, the world superpower and, and supposed to be the country that everyone looks up to. Um, and whether you agree with the politics now or, or you don't, we have to work together as a collective unit to, to, so we all realize that the United States of America is one amazing country. We are bred to be the best that we can possibly be, but that takes work. That takes us being the best that we can, not just about singularly ourselves, mm -hmm. but as a collective group, as United States citizens. And uh, once we stay on that track, who can stop us? Well, that's Only people the that can stop us is ourselves. And, and, and I'm, pr I'm so proud of being American. No, I know you are, and you and you instill it, you instill it really well. And I think that's why I want to ask you about this. Is I think um, the way that the the states is right now is like you said. I like how you worded it. The United States is supposed to be the country that everybody can look up to, and whether we like it or not, right now the United States is a little bit. Um, all over the place and it's a it's it's difficult to watch and I know um fortunately you know you've been up to you know I won't say where you live but you've been up to Canada to do the event with us and whatnot and you've been um you've been around you've traveled it's it's unfortunate to watch what's going on because it's there's I feel there there's more need for love and conversation and just more conversation and I think if we communicated uh more and almost to an over-communicative state, we might start to see things from others' perspective. And when you start to see others' perspective, you can start to empathize. And when you can empathize, you can start to want to help. And I think that's the way to um, to fixing things is, is communicating and being honest and being open, being willing to listen. And there's something I tell like my son, Jack, he's only four, but you know, listening ears, listening ears. I can't tell you how many times I repeat that in a day, but whether I like it or not, um, I'm going to keep doing it because I know it'll make him an adult that will grow up to listen and be willing to hear others' opinions. And I think that's the biggest step in moving forward is being willing to see ourselves in the other person's shoes. Yep. But my mom put it pretty simply, God gave us two ears and one mouth. You know, if we just listen more and stop yapping so much, we'll get in a whole lot less trouble. I, I remember doing Band of Brothers and uh, Captain Dale Dye, who's unbelievable, who, who built us and, and turned us into the guys that we were in that show, uh, allowed himself to be the common enemy that we did. We, we, everyone could hate Captain Dye because he made us work our tails off. And because mm -hmm. of it, we all we all grew to love him so, so much. But I remember him saying, stop asking questions. And there were other lieutenants who were about to envelop this one thing and you know i don't want to throw anybody under the bus but a couple <laughs> of lieutenants just kept asking questions and he goes if you stop asking questions you will find out the answers really fast uh and that's always stuck in my head that that if we can you know just stop talking so much and just listen a little bit more and work as a collective unit great things happen see that's that's so fantastic i know a lot of um a lot of times people people come to you and and would probably the first thing they would ask you is about your film and, and all of that. And I guess I just, I, I wanted to stay away from that. Um, maybe not fully, but a little bit, because 
I think uh, you bring so much to the table um, as an example and a leader uh, in in your work that you do, but like you said, as a parent in your community and the things that you do. But I do want to talk like a little bit briefly about, um, if I can, about your family history within the military, because you were explaining to me, you have like this extended history that's pretty incredible. And um, I would love to know how, or the viewers um, and listeners to know how you end up going down, you know, more of the acting path rather than the military path. Yeah, it was interesting. My, uh, my dad, you know, he flew over from Ireland. As soon as he came over, he uh, walked directly into an army office and said, make me an American. Uh, that was his goal. He wanted to be an American. He, he left just after the war uh, in Ireland in World War II uh, and went straight to the army office and said, great, we're going to ship you overseas for five years. And he said, fine. And he became a sergeant and was off in, in Greenland for a couple of years. Uh, he was in uh, Panama for, for quite some time in Germany. Uh, so, you know, he instilled in us that kind of teamwork uh, that that you can't really get in many other places other than in the military. Um, and so when, when it was time for me to go to college, he was certainly uh, bucking for me to go to my brother Gerard. You know, he really wanted Gerard to go to West Point. He wanted me to go to West Point. He wanted me to stay with some kind of military tradition. Mm-hmm. And for me, wanting to be an actor and a baseball player, I didn't think it was the right thing. Who would have thunk that I would have become the soldier du jour uh, in yes. films and TV for the last 20 years, you know, especially after Band of Brothers? Um, you know, when I first moved to Hollywood, I wanted to be a comedian. And they said, well, you look more military-ish. So, <laughs> uh, so it was cops, um, firemen, uh, military guys. And, and then finally Band of Brothers came along. And then everything just kind of exploded after that. And, and then to, to play those kinds of guys, you know, are the guys that I grew up with. You know, I like playing guys like my father, you know, from, you know, whether it's, you know, Project Blue Book or, or Flags of Our Fathers or any of these other military characters that I do. When, once you once you see you know the, 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 who I am in real life, and you see some of the characters that I play, like Buck Compton, or um, you know, like the Warrant, this Western I did last year, or this film mm-hmm. that I just finished, uh, Redstone, you see that kind of um, hard on your sleeve, good guy who'll get the job done. But if 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 you want to go up against him, he'll stand toe to toe with anyone, and if you have to throw a fist, I'll, I'll throw those fists and it's kind of who I am in real life too, that, you know, I was brought up that way with, you know, five boys and a girl in my family that we're all tough and we're brought up to, you know, be good to people, listen to people, help people as much as you can. But sometimes some people need a little help in a different, in a different way. And you mm-hmm. got to stand up for yourself and you got to stand up for your family. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's, that's who we are as McDonough's. And, and that's who we're, you know, those values we instill into our kids. And, Reve's father was was a police officer, and her and uh, you know her grandfather was in the army in, in in World War II, and you know so that kind of background really bodes well for you know the bring up our kids. Uh, they understand yes, ma'am, yes, sir, and 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 how to do things correctly uh, without being over the top of it. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we instill those <clears throat> kind of you know morals and uh, faith and you know God first, me second, which which my dad learned so much about while in the military that it just, it, it, it just permeated into me and, and it just flows into my kids and, and um, ma- makes us try to do the right thing as often as we can. Is Reve trying to get in? I see. I don't know. Hey, Reve, are you there? You know, the audience doesn't really want to see me. They want to see Reve. Listen, you know, you're both, you're both equally as cool in my books. I mean, although I will tell you, um, my husband and I got really into Project Blue Book and then 
there was rumors that it wasn't coming back or something like that. And it was this whole, anyway, it, very distressing when you, when you fall in love with characters and my God, can I tell you after being in the military and having these conversations with lieutenants and lieutenants and majors and whatnot, um, you nail it so hard. <laughs> you nail it with such conviction and it's so believable. And it, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't seem to matter over the past 20 years. Um, I think I've seen probably every single military role in my eyes. That's before I even knew you. That's who you were. I assumed you had some military background because right. when you do a role, you do it well. You know where to put your hands. You know where not to put your hands. And it's le so legit. In your I pockets. Think. Never in your pockets. Do you know? Like Coleman I would get... I yeah. would get slapped on my dad. Really? Is it that cold? And then when I, and, and then Captain Dale died, I would do the same thing at Banner Brothers and I would just giggle. Oh yeah. You know, I would see other, I would see other actors putting their hands in their pockets and I wouldn't say anything. I'm like, uh Oh, they're yep. about to get slapped. Yeah. Cause it's like bad <laughs> behavior. But do you know how bad many behavior. civilians don't actually get that? Like significant. Reve Reve gave me my favorite t-shirt ever. It just says man up. It just says oh. man up. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, you know, if I was ever going to get a tattoo in my life, it would say man up and, you know, it, it's true. Once you man up and do the right things as a man and stop being a, a bonehead and doing things for yourself or, or whatever, you know, it's like almost five, four and a half years ago now I gave up drinking because I thought, it, you know, as an Irish guy from Boston, that's what everyone does. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I could see that, you know, it, it wasn't working for me anymore. And the hangovers that I'd have were just were horrible. And then we'll say, okay, if I'm having hangovers a couple of days a week, mm -hmm. what does that mean? How am I as a dad? How am I as a husband? How am I as an actor? How am I as everything? Mm -hmm. And ever since that moment, you know, there've been a few moments in my life and Reve has been there, you know, kicking my butt to those, not so much kicking my butt, but you know, actually really gently bringing me to say, Hey, what's the best thing for you? Mm -hmm. And and the best thing for me at that time was, was figuring out how I could be better. And alcohol just wasn't helping me be better. It was, if anything, it was making me worse. Uh, and I look at the last five years of, of what I've achieved in the last five years because oh, yeah. of that. It's pretty, it's pretty, you know, I'm about to write, star, produce, find, on the, fi find the financing for this film that I'm about to do in Washington State. Wow. And would I have been able to do that years ago? No, because I probably would have been a little lazier. I wouldn't have been so, you know, pinpoint on, you know, just motivated, focused on, on, on things. And um, it, it's, it's, you have to figure out how to man up on, on, on things you do. And, and, you know, I thank the Lord every day, every day, every morning, every night for a day to be able to be there with me, to help me do the right stuff and, 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 you know, stay, stay the course and try to always be the best that I can be. And, you know, we trip and it's, it's sometimes, but you have to get up and dust yourself off and say, all right, bonehead, move forward and be better and, and man up. And, and that's kind of, uh, the, you know, and then, the kids see that. Wow. Look at, look at dad or look at mom, how she's, mm -hmm. you know, Reve's, you know, she's a badass and, and, and not just that, but she's a, a nurturing, loving, incredible human being that, you know, does so much for our kids, so much for me and, and, and puts herself in, in a distant last place with, within the confines of our, of our family. And not many women do that. That's for sure. And uh, so maybe I, I don't need to get her a t-shirt says woman up. She already did. Yeah, that's right. I was just going to say, I feel like if she got you a t-shirt that if you got her a t-shirt that said woman up, she'd probably throw it back to you and be like, you, you, <laughs> I, she doesn't. Yeah. She just nothing with like right. dead in her eyes. That's yeah. Right. No, because no, that's the way she is. For that. You can see that when I, I saw like I saw that with her and the kids when um, when they were just hanging around and what they were doing, like that, re the respect that they have for her and the the motivated like to move 
around her. She has um, an energy, I guess it would be, that just you can, it vibrates off her. I don't really know if it's like seven pots of coffee or that's just how she runs, but I need the secret because. That's just how she runs. Yeah, that's oh. how she runs. She's unbelievable. That's, that's legit because that needs to be. Like, I love, I love a nighttime. I say, all right, kids, go to bed. They're like, okay. Back to it. So I'm like, guys, it's time for bed. I'm okay. Okay. Reve comes out. Kids, bedtime. Gone. Disperse right to yeah. their room. It's like you. It's like she's it. just threatened push-ups till death, even without even having to say it. It's so efficient, That's and right. effective. No, I I love it. I um I had a question um from a friend of mine here who is our uh, he is our producer of everything beautiful and brass and unity and him and um Josh and Coleman from Faraway Visuals and Coleman sitting here and, he, and he's he's a he's a film guy and he goes I was like I'll give you one question and for him will you get one because I want the time. And he says, what was your favorite production? And how come? Oh, I mean, it's not even close. Um, everything will pale in, in, in comparison to Band of Brothers. You know, you know, I love, I mean, there's so many, you know, I love playing Wyatt Kane and Tin Man. I loved, you know, this last film that I did because I produced it and starred in it, um, Redstone, which comes out soon. Um, the Warrant, you know, Boomtown was mm -hmm. one of my favorite characters I, I ever played. It was so flawed and, and so fantastic. But uh, Band of Brothers was, you know, it was kind of, you know, a bunch of guys who were kind of lunch pail guys. You know, we were working steps who weren't very famous, that's for sure, when we all got the parts. And and Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg took a chance on relatively unknown guys for the most part and gave us the keys to the kingdom. And they allowed us to play characters that not, weren't just real, but were heroes. And uh, how often do you get a chance to do that? And to this day... Mm -hmm. You know, all those guys are still my best pals. Like, you know, Michael Cudlitz, I, I put in this last film, you know, opposite me as, as the villain in the film. Yes, I did play the good guy in this last film. Wow. Uh, and, and in the next one. Yeah, that's right. And in the next one, we're doing part two to it. And uh, Jimmy Matteo is going to be uh, one of the lead bad guys in, in the film. And I always try to get more band of brothers around me because they know what it was like that, that you know, it was it was a hard, hard, hard shoot. It was 10 months of in the rain and getting beaten up and. Um, it, it was glorious and fantastic and, and, and wonderful and amazing. And, and to be able to play Buck Compton uh, and to get to know Buck as, you know, really as another dad for me, you know, um, you know he was the one who, who made me come out of the closet and say, Neil, you have to finally admit it. So finally at his funeral, I said, okay, I'm going to admit I'm coming out of the closet, everyone. It was dead silence. <laughs> yeah, say it. And, and, and everyone's like, what's he going to say? And I said, my name is Neil McDonough and I'm a Republican. <laughs> just lost it just lost it you know it was it was, pre it was pretty funny so um you know buck you know was you know such a huge part of of my life on, on so many levels you know teaching me how to be you know how to have those conservative values how to be a great american how to be a great dad how to be a great husband how to how to always uh try to do the best that you could do in, in everything that you do and uh when you when you get to play guys like that it, it just seeps into you. And, and he was such an incredible human being, all that he did from, you know, being the chief prosecuting attorney when he was the DA on, on the Sirhan Sirhan case on the Manson case. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then moving up to Seattle area um, to start his own con conservative radio talk show. He, he was just an incredible guy. Um, but of course the, the biggest part, and you know, I talk about her way too much probably, but I don't think so. Uh, the very first night I got into town on St. Patrick's day. Really? That's how you know it was meant. You have to be honest. You don't hear love stories like yours. You don't hear timing. It's timing, timing and connection. And every, in every moment that you talk about her, it's like 
you, it didn't matter where you guys were in the world. At some point that connect point was going to happen because that's, you are each other's North star. Like I've never seen in a couple before, like, look at you, you, the way you talk about it and the way you feel, you genuinely feel like such flipping love. It's so rare and so goddamn beautiful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Neil. I'm just, look at you. You need a tissue. Hey, where's the tissue? Could, if you could be Excuse here. My, I'm using my face mask. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah, so I met Reve first night, uh, you know, in, in Band of Brothers in London in, you know, in 2000 on St. Patrick's Day for an Irish guy. I mean, you can't get any better than that. And, and um, you, know, I, you know, I've been the luckiest guy in the world because of it. And, and you, you know, since then I've done, you know, I can't, 100 movies and TV shows. And, um, you know, we've, we've raised tons of money for phenomenal charities. We've, we've done you know, really great stuff together as a team that, that I, I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't even fathom where I'd be without her. So it's, it was, it's been, you know, yeah. So yeah. It's been so a journey Band, for you guys. Band of Brothers is my favorite show. Yeah. Well, my gosh, how could, I'm sorry, but after hearing that, how could it not be? I'd be, I'd be disappointed if you came back to me with something real, like Hollywood, like Captain America. That's right. I'd be That's like, right. Come on. So Angels in the Outfield was pretty darn good. It was my first movie, and that was a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, but Okay, uh, well, that but, can't compare either because okay. that's also your first oh, – see, you, you've got so many – this is what I mean. I know I don't have you. I know I should let you go. So, I mean, I could talk to you for literal hours and hours because I I'm, I don't even think you realize it. Well, and you, you probably do. My gosh, you don't realize it, but you've been a part of my life um for such a long time in in a distant way but band of brothers for me was a big deal as well uh being a viewer and it and it really gave me a perspective on my own family in the war and it really gave me this utmost respect for military members without really even knowing or understanding why until i was much older and started to serve and i'm just grateful for I'm I'm gonna say I'm grateful for your service to film because I think with without you in film and television with a lot of the different um, roles that you've played and the inspirations that you've been by playing those characters you know, like Buck you know just having that meaningful connection and knowing that true hero you know it's I'm just grateful for it and I think you've done. Um, whether it's been military service or not, or true military service, you've done service to the military and you've done it to um, just the civilian population and allowing and being truthful and honest about those characters in the way that you give them the respect they deserve while acting and keeping your hands out of your damn pockets and just caring about it. And I think that's why people love you so much. Um, I just, I'm, thank you, Neil. I mean, um, I have, I have two more questions. Sure. Number one, will you play the sergeant in my film? Of course. Done. That was, that was easy. Um, okay. Can you do a French accent? Avec fromage. I mean, sold. what else it's do you have sold. to say? Right. I know. So you're done. So that's perfect. So Sergeant LeBlanc is, is booked. That's easy. Fantastic. Um, number two, uh, can you continue to be the incredible humans you are and give me parenting advice with Rive because we're on a texting basis now? Uh, always strive to do the right thing. It's, it's as simple as that. And if, if you put God first, you second, or family first, you second, uh, you don't trip, you don't fall, you, you, you stay on course. And, and as hard as that is to do, um, you know, 
it, it's it's the only way to go through life, isn't it? Um, you know, so, and you owe that to Jack, you owe that, you owe that to, to yourself, you owe that to your, to your family, you owe that to, to the world, you owe it to our country. And once you put yourself, you know, in, 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 in those terms, in the perspective of I'm a member of the United States or a member of Canada or a member of Ireland, whatever country or South Africa, whatever country, if, if wherever you live, if you want to be the best citizen that you can be, that's your job as a citizen. And it, it, then you stop thinking about yourself and me. There's so much put on, so much focus about me, 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 where there's so much less focus nowadays about us. And I, I think that my dad, when he came over and, you know, he's instilled into us, there is no me. Throw me out the window. When you, when you have a collective group that works together as a whole, you know, Euclidean law, you know, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. You know, that's the only way to run a country. It's also the only way to run a family. Because, you know, if, if, if you're Muslim, if you're Jewish, if you're Catholic, if you're Christian, if you're Buddhist, if you're Taoist, if you really, you know, listen to those Ten Commandments, kind of live by those Ten Commandments, and also, you know, when, when you get to the New Testament, you think, okay, how can I put my neighbor before me? If you do all those things, it doesn't matter what religion you are. You all mm -hmm. come together as a collective of group of, there are certain laws that I can't break. And if you don't break those laws, well... We're doing pretty fantastic as a society. Once you get yeah. boneheads who do break those laws, well, then we have to talk to them and teach them to stop doing it. It's not so much, you know, crush them and put them in prison and, and, and you know, you know, and destroy people. Yeah. That's, that's not the right human thing to do either. It's teach people how to be better. You know, we're, we're so exactly. quick to judge people. And, you know, as, as Jesus said, you know, he who hasn't sinned cast that first stone, you know, and you, you, everyone has. So why do we, if we stop judging each other and live together as a collective group, who can stop us? No one. No, you're not wrong. Because it's built upon no. love and understanding instead of hate and, and, and fear. And th those are the things, you know, it's, you know, and when I, when I think about John McCain and, and, and I think, or, you know, reading his books and, you know, one day, hopefully I'll get a chance to play John McCain in a film. I think that would just be phenomenal. Um, you oh, know, you could, learn, you could murder that Yeah, role. it'd be great. Oh, learning about what he went through and the hell that he went through. And yet he was the guy who, after being, you know, tortured in Hanoi for five years, should have been the number one guy to say, all right, let's go, go back in there and crush everyone. Well, he was the one who said, no, let's go back there and, and, and inform them and teach them who we are and kind of work together and let's build monuments. So not just U.S. citizens can go there, but people from the Viet Cong can go there. People from different, different, different sides of, of a fight can get together and say, hey, let's work together and get through this little problem. And I think that's, oh, hold on, hold on, decline. And we're back. Yeah, we're back, Kenny. Uh, that was a tea time for Morgan. It's his birthday on Saturday. Uh, it's his 15th. Oh, birthday, that's okay. And he just loves golf. Oh, gosh. Um, but, you know, the, those are the things. That's what McCain taught us, you know, and mm -hmm. um, and that's what my dad taught us. And, and, and that's what, what the great military should be teaching all of us. So, you know, it, it irks me when, when I hear we need smaller police force or we need smaller military or smaller this. Yeah, that's... You know, that, it, 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 it no chaps way. my high because then, then you're taking away all the great things that my father instilled into me because of being part of the United States. Um, what was the Air yeah. Corps, what he moved into. Uh, so um, God bless you. God bless everyone who's been part of the military from now since the beginning of time because without the hard work of those men and women, where would we be? We, we may not be speaking English. Uh, it, it may be a whole different thing. Uh, we may not have the U.S. dollar. We may not have the great you know, things that America has afforded us, you know, and the freedoms that we have. So uh, thank you, Kelsey. Thank you, everyone who's watching out there uh, and keep fighting the great fight. Oh, Neil, my gosh, my heart. Thank you, Neil, so very much. Um, everyone, Neil McDonough, much more, more to say to that.
my resource for this week at the end of the Brass and Unity podcast, we have picked Help for Heroes and they provide lifetime support to those who are wounded while serving their country. They are a British resource. So for any of our NATO friends over there listening to this podcast, please check them out. Uh, they do incredible work to make sure that you are looked after after an injury uh, while deploying and they will do their best to make sure that all of your needs are met. Um, that'll be Help for Heroes. I want to say .uk, but definitely take a double check. Um, but they do incredible work, so please check them out while you can. And we will see you all next week.